Caius Vibulanus wore a white horsehair crest to mark him as a tribune. Fear turned the dew dribbling from that insignia into drops of acid on the back of his neck. Dawn was beginning to raise a bitter-flavored mist from the valley before them, and the occasional serpentine trees seemed to writhe as they bathed in the thick air. The enemy was deploying from its camp in the shelter of great basalt pyramids that the sun revealed as a natural rock formation, not the godlike city which the young tribune had thought he saw against the night sky. Mother Vesta, Vibulanus whispered as his fingers tightened on the bone hilt of the sword sheathed at his left side. Let me live to see my hearth again. Father Hercules, give me strength to endure this time of testing. A signal began to boom from the enemy camp. It sounded like thunder, a crash which built into a rumble and did not slacken, though the whole valley began to echo with it. Mother Vesta, the tribune repeated, let me live to see my hearth. Ten feet tall, a legionary was muttering to his fellow as the tenth cohort lurched toward its position on the left flank. And they eat their enemies raw. No talking in ranks, snarled a non-commissioned officer, Gnaeus Clodius Afer the file-closer who ranked second in the eighty-odd men in the cohort's third century. In barracks, Clodius would have carried a swagger stick, but here in the field he bore two javelins and a shield like any other line soldier. He rang the butt of the lighter javelin on the bronze helmet of the man who had spoken. The legionary yelped and stumbled. Dim light in the helmet's broad cheek pieces concealed the man's face, but the tribune recognized the voice as that of Publius Pompilius Rufus, one of the few legionaries he actually knew. Rufus and his first cousin, Publius Pompilius Niger, came from farms adjoining that of Vibulanus's own family, and the three boys had attended school together in Susula. Here, fellow, Vibulanus said in a squeak that was meant to be a growl of warning to the non-com. He put his arm around Rufus's shoulders and glared back at Clodius. No need for brutality. Sir, that's all right, the legionary whispered hastily, jumping sideways and hunching as if the tribune's arm were afire. Rufus collided with the trooper to whom he had been speaking, his cousin Niger, of course, in a clash of equipment much louder than that of the non-com's blow a moment before. No need for little pricks, too young to shave, neither. Clodius muttered, enough under his breath that Vibulanus could pretend the words were lost in the artificial thunder from across the valley. Vibulanus stepped back, rubbing the lip of his Greek-style helmet, more of an ornate bronze cap than functional protection like those of the line soldiers. With his hand raised that way, his forearm concealed the face which he was sure glowed with his embarrassment. Anyway, it wasn't true. He had shaved, and that first beard had been dedicated in a golden casket in the temple of Juno of Susula, which his father had refurbished for the occasion. And would that the gods had struck him down in that moment. Then his family could mourn the ashes of Gaius Vibulanus Caper, and he himself would be spared all this. Whatever this was.
How could General Crassus have bungled so badly at the end of a brilliant career? Because of the noise around him, and even more because of the turgid echoes of his thoughts, Fabulanus did not hear the sound of the horse approaching until a legionary's curse was answered with, Watch yourself, dog! In the nasal bray of the rider, Rectinus Falco, another of the legion's six tribunes. Falco was the last person Gaius Vibulanus wanted to see right now. But even that had its advantages. Vibulanus's shoulders straightened. His face became a mask of cool disinterest. Instead of roiling with fear and embarrassment, his mind focused on the fact that he did not have a horse, and that bastard Falco did, because of the way he had made up to the commander.